What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the college edition. I am Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News and SportsDayDFW.com. I am joined by my good friend, Barry Horn. Barry, say hello. Hi, Evan. How are you, buddy? I'm great. And staff, meanie, Kevin Sherrington. <laughs> wow. You know, I think that most people, if they look from the outside, would say that that is not a correct uh, assessment of who I am. Yeah, that's but because you're fake on the outside. <laughs> you show everybody this fake veneer. Hi, I'm Kevin, father of the year, nice guy, <laughs> all this other that's, stuff. Then you get in here where the real stuff goes down. Yeah. And What's you, real about any of this? And you are mean. Can, we, can we introduce real. our guest who has a day our off guest, today? Let me just say this. Our guest is the hardest working guy on staff. In show business. No question. He is uh, taking time out, even on his day off. God bless him. To join us to talk about these damn kids today and their lack of commitment. Chuck Carlton, welcome into the podcast. What's up, Chuck? Hey, how are you guys doing? Yes, uh, uh, it's kind of hard to take days off when you cover the Big 12 because you never know when it's going to go uh, either Chernobyl or Krakatoa, depending on whether you like your disasters, man-made or natural. So, yes, it's, it's, it's always interesting. But believe it or not, the Big 12 is at least making an effort to act like adults. So this could be a very interesting uh, next couple of weeks, months, and uh, down the line. So so there, there's a good chance there will be 12 teams in the Big 12 pretty soon, correct? Not pretty soon. <laughs> nobody asked you. Uh, there he goes. Nobody well, likes you, Kevin. There he goes again. Chuck? <laughs> I'm just correcting your, your bad question. It's not a bad question. There it's is no question. such thing as a bad question. Chuck? Actually, I'm going to have to consult and navigate research on this to see how many of the 40,000 scenarios involve 12 teams versus 10 teams versus 14 teams versus 16 teams playing either an eight-game schedule or a nine-game schedule. Yeah, okay. Uh, At least right now, the Big 12 is seriously looking at what expansion of some kind and, and does to the conference, not only from the standpoint of helping to make the college football playoff, which has been basically hanging over the conference ever since missing in 2014. But what does it do for conference stability? And most importantly, what does it do to maybe bring in new dollars with a TV network when you look at the fact that the projections compared to the Big Ten and the SEC aren't very promising for the next decade? They have to find some way to try and increase what they're bringing in. Now, compared to the Pac-12 and the ACC, they're doing pretty well. But the Pac-12 has has a horrible network. ACC doesn't have one at all. Everybody's focused, you know, instead of a Power Five, we're looking at a Big Two in terms of the conferences. And the Big 12 is saying, how do we avoid falling further behind? Is this one way to do it? Expand championship game network equals new revenue, which almost sounds like a South Park equation. So, Chuck, yeah. I just want i just want to cut to the chase on one thing here because Kevin has long said, oh, no, you don't need a conference championship game to, to have a great shot at the national championship. 
and with the Big 12 ADs. Did, did and, they not just get a shot at the national Did the Big 12 ADs. Did they not just make did, the CFP? What did the Big 12 ADs come up with? Well, actually, Navigate Research, which works with everybody from the NFL to Southwest Airlines. Um, I'd like them to now, research some stuff argue, about Kevin. Yes, but you can you can question the data because they went back 10 years of college football, so you're going back into the BCS era. And you're also trying to figure out, by taking data, how 13 people in a room are going to project things, too, which maybe isn't totally on point. But what they came up with is that Yes, there is a significant difference if you have 12 teams and a title game and you play eight conference games. That does help you make the playoffs by roughly 10 to 15 percent. But Chuck, uh, on I, hold on, Chuck. I, I, Chuck, I believe that the, what we reported that it was a five percent better chance if you have these. Well, things. it depends on how you run the num- It depends on how you run the numbers, and it's goofy. And Bowlesby was speaking without the report in front of him when he talked to me and other reporters. Oh. But yes, it's, so we got bad information? Is that what you're saying, Chuck? Uh, all I'm saying is that with a ch- just simply with the championship game, if you throw in the other things, it kind of builds. So basically the, the most promising model, we're told, is 10 to 15%. And, and part of this stems from, let's say, uh, math is never the strong suit of either ADs or sports reporters. So let's say you go from uh, 60 to 65% on something. I'm losing all your audience right now. That's 5% increase, but on a percentage basis, that's more. I, I see what you're I saying. I, I get that part. Right. But let me ask you this, Chuck. If you, because I, I want to say this, I'm not, I'm not against expansion. If you can get Clemson and Florida State, then I'm all for the Big 12 expanding. But you do not want to bring in another West Virginia into this league. That was a mistake. They should have taken Louisville instead of Virginia. I mean, West, West Virginia. Virginia. But the, the point is, is that everybody Why take keeps Louisville saying, over West Virginia? TV market? Oh, it's a much better football and basketball. Better program, too. Yeah, better program. Yeah, much better. So, and it's not a great, and it's not a, a great get either, though. I mean, if you if you're looking at trying to compete, if the idea is that we want to be like more like the SEC, if you you first of all you can't get BYU because they've got their own network. Then you're then you're putting a whole new problem in. What you've already got Texas with its own network. You don't want two programs like that. Plus, there's all kinds of problems with the fact that BYU won't play games on Sundays. It cr- creates problems in the other sports. There's all kinds of issues here. So, when people talk about adding teams, you just can't add just anybody. And this is a very difficult uh, uh, problem that they're facing in, 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 as expansion goes. But also, the fact that if you can uh, if you, let's say you do add more teams, now you're dividing up the pie even more than it is already. If you are getting, if you're not really significantly increasing your possibilities of getting in the CFP and getting a big payoff, it's, it's a possibility that everybody could get a smaller split than they're getting now. Uh, oh, that's a distinct possibility. And that's where, I, you know, everybody's been focused on Navigate Research and, and its report. But uh, the, the bigger thing to keep an eye on when Big 12 meets in Irving, uh, late May, early June, is the report from BHV which is headed by Chris Bellavacqua, who helped start uh, college sports TV, was, you know, kind of on the ground floor with the Big Ten Network, some others, consulting firm right now. And basically they're looking at exactly what the marketplace is. Because we all know about court cutting and ESPN cutting back. 
you know, Fox cutting back versus there's still an appetite based on at least what the Big Ten's going to get on its new TV contract based on reports for live sports programming. How does, in other words, if the Big 12 expands and has to redo the uh, its contract and goes out of the marketplace, what can they expect to get? Well, what could a network, you know, a conference network instead of the Longhorn Network, which is its own set of obstacles there, but assuming you can pull that off, are you going to be getting anywhere close to SEC money or are you going to be like the Pac-12 network, which is $1 million per school, which is even worse than what the Big 12 is doing right now with its own third-tier rights? Chuck, as long These as... are all huge questions. Chuck, Chuck, as long as we're talking about networks and TV money, let's just point out that that's shriveling up. And if the Big 12 wants to make get any more money or make a mark, it better hurry up because the Big 10 is about, is about to uh, hit a gusher. And then, uh, what money and the what money will be left who's, after that? Who's got money to pay for rights right now? I mean, with Fox cutting people the way they've cut people, and ESPN. well, they're, 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 they'll still be willing to pay for rights because that's that's the life yeah, that's, that's the life. That's what they want. They want they, they, they want talent. live events. But but the money still, I think, is is going to tighten up. It's going to tighten up, and as as they they sign a new deal with with the Big Ten, which has a ton of big time markets in the Midwest. The Big Ten has has the, it's it's the conference for major markets is the Big Ten, okay. But the SEC shows that you don't have to have teams in major markets if you have a great brand. But you're, you're, yeah, you're the number one football, market. right? So, you have, so you the, have a great brand. The, those two have that going for them right now. So so where's the, where's Big, the Big Twelve? 12? Doesn't have no. all of that. It has some of that, but not enough of it. It's, I, it's I, not the big dog in either in, in either. Uh, it's not, either it, top, and, I, and I don't. I just don't know that they can get there. And people keep talking about okay, you add other markets. Oh, if you if you add Houston, you're getting the Houston market. You're not Houston getting the Houston nothing. market. No, Houston does nothing. You you've already got, got the either, Houston market. You've got to add Florida State. That's got to be your number one target, and then number two. Well, that's like Clemson to me. If you could get those, two I don't teams. even know if Clemson does it for you. I, I think I'd rather have North Carolina or North Carolina State. I'd rather get into the Charlotte market. Well, I, I might want to. Yeah, do that. I, I don't think North. Can well, we be realistic? They're here? not. They're you, not. Is North move. Carolina, North Carolina State, going to the Big Twelve? No, no, no. But, uh, but you know, I, I think Evan says yes. I think that's where you got to aim, though. You, to me, to the idea that, that they're going to panic and take a team. We we need to take two teams. Uh, Chuck, give us who you think, who are your top two targets right now for the Big Twelve. Well, I'll, I'll, what well, what I've been told from people I've talked to, from my sources, is that the the leading four candidates among the ones that everybody's focused on right now, in no particular order, UConn, BYU, Cincinnati, and perhaps on the fourth, Colorado State. Okay, and if we said Chuck Carlton, which two would you take? Which two would you would you like to see? Yes, quite honestly, what I'd like to see is what you guys are talking about and which has been broached to me that if somehow the Big 12 can show that it can get its act together, that it can get a conference network here with reasonable revenue projections, and that all of a sudden it's not going to be number one and number two, but it's going to be a solid number three when it comes to revenue, and it's going to extend its grant of rights. You're not going to have Oklahoma or Texas bolting, all this sort of stuff. Then, you know, you look at the ACC, which is just stagnant in terms of trying to start its own network, the ACC doesn't start a uh, network in response, then you make your play for Florida State and Clemson and try to go big. Or 
you, you say you tell Arizona and Arizona State, you really like where you are in the Pac-12 making $1 million off your conference network. Here's, here's what we're looking at, and we actually have our act together on this. You be proactive on this, because otherwise you're just kind of bringing in, yeah, it's going to look all rosy and all this, and look, UConn gets us into New York just like Rutgers did with the Big, Big Ten, and here's the number of TV sets, here's the amount of money we're going to make. But there really is no impact there. UConn football is not getting into any no. market. No, it's not. You're just becoming more of a basketball conference if you do that. And it's, it's a great basketball league. There's no question about that. But UConn, that's, that's the whole appeal of them is it's a basketball school. Uh, it's a women's right. basketball school. It's a women's basketball school. And I'm not sure what the appeal of Colorado State is. When they let Colorado walk to the, the Pac-12, and no, and no one even really cared about that, why would Colorado State be any more appealing than, than Colorado was? I, I, don't think, I don't think Chuck mentioned Colorado State. He's talking he, did. A, he said Arizona no, State. He no, he didn't mention Colorado State. It, it, it was the four targets is what he but said. Again, to me, and to me, you know, and I know this makes it unrealistic, but unless, you're gonna, in, unless somebody's got an inferiority complex, either the Arizona or Arizona State's, Going for two schools in one state does does nothing. You've got to in, you've got to incorporate two major TV markets, and if that's if you want to go Salt Lake and try and get Utah out of the Pac-12, if you wanted to go Arizona State or Arizona and get that out of the Pac-12, that's one thing. But I don't see how Arizona and Arizona State do you a whole. I, I don't have a. I think that you know. Listen, I think that's a lot better play to get Arizona and Arizona State than it is to bring in. Uh, Cincinnati or, or, or forget about that. Any of those. Houston, any of, Cincinnati, the, any of the targets that they're talking about. Any school named after a city, forget about it. Wow, I, I, it, they 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 only have the city; they don't have the whole state. <laughs> so you you would Jerry? Listen, the city is yeah. not as big as the state. So you wouldn't take UCLA? That's got a city and a state. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 Chuck. What's your best guess as to what is going to happen? Let's say they do uh, decide to take two teams. The, the, the soonest those teams could join the Big 12 would be what? Three years from now? Four years from now? You look at three years out. And, and, and again, expansion without a conference network really doesn't make sense. And without one where there are, are sizable projections. And, again, that's, you know, everybody talking expansion and a title game is the sexy part of it. But the TV network part of it, and especially the cash that would come in on that contract and a redo of theirs, if, if the numbers aren't there, then why do it? This is basically the Big 12 kind of saying, what are our options here to try and get more revenue? And maybe it's fair, maybe it's not, but at least they're taking a serious look at it. So from that standpoint, what, what you're going to have uh, from May 31st, June 3rd, out at the four, fabulous four seasons in Las Colinas, is going to have two major presentations. Don't expect, you know, white smoke and, and 12 teams, 14 teams, all that kind of stuff. But if all you hear is, well, that was interesting, that means they've hit a roadblock and all this. The, the optimistic situation would be where they come out and say, we feel we have a framework for expansion and for a TV network, that the numbers back this up, and we're going to move in that direction this summer, and then it becomes really interesting. And then, you know, the, the you know, Big 12 has gone back and forth on this. Do you, do you announce that you're going to expand and then set off, 
you know, without naming the teams, and set off kind of the last helicopter out of Saigon sort of scenario, where you have all these teams just absolutely scrambling because this is their last chance to to get in a Power Five conference. Chuck, did you the next? Did you just say Saigon? <laughs> that's a huge TV market. Yeah, yeah that's a potential huge big, TV market. University of Saigon. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the one yeah, city I, named I, 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 college I that does really well. Yeah, a lot of TV sets there. Yeah. But, but, uh, but no. It's no longer Saigon. It's Ho Chi Minh City. Oh, that was, that was the point he was making? I, Ho Chi Minh. Well, at the time the helicopters were leaving, it was Saigon. Hey, here's my question. You talk, to, you, you talk to a lot of people at Texas. What are the chances of them saying, bye-bye Longhorn Network, it's been nice, you've been great. Uh, they're, they're not going to untether themselves from that, are they? It's going to be a really hard sell for for a number of reasons. As much as from the outside, and you know, I wrote this on Sunday, the, the Longhorn Network is viewed as just you know at best a disappointment, at worst a disaster, and maybe a bit of a, a college sports punchline internally. There's a lot of pride in that. Plus, they get a lot of cash you know from that, with half of it committed to academics and already budgeted for the foreseeable future. You can't take that away. And even the people in the Big 12 acknowledge that the starting point is guaranteeing that Texas gets all the money it would have coming to them uh, under the Longhorn Network and any sort of new network deal. In other words, you can't expect them to give up the cash. Texas won't give up the cash. They've got a signed deal. There's not an out. You're more likely, quite frankly, to get cooperation with from ESPN which, truth be told, I want to get out from underneath the Longhorn Network. I want to just chalk it up to a failed experiment and say, hey, we're more likely to go with a, a Big 12 network partner with Fox on this, with it, which has third-tier rights with some other schools in the Big 12, and, and, and see what we can do since we already have carriage agreements by folding Longhorn Network into a Big 12 network. But down at, and, and the last thing that a new president of Texas wants to be seen as doing is capitulating to David Bourne in Oklahoma. So this is going to be a long, drawn-out process if it happens at all. Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They're talking about it like adults right now. Nobody's stormed out of the room. A whole lot of hurdles there, and, and uh, you know, it's going to require a major, you know, numbers to make sense and a whole lot of diplomacy on the part of Bob Bowlesby and some Big 12 folks. For, for Texas team to consider that. All right, Chuck, we want you to be able to enjoy your off day. Um, we want you to... Uh, I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> I, I, I could go on for hours here with you. <laughs> Listen to that. Chuck, you know what? You're the kind of guest we like because I can't tell you how many guests we have on here who are so glad that we're saying uh, goodbye to them. Yeah, right. mostly after they've had a couple of Kevin questions. And, and, we, and we, we still haven't even talked about lots of stuff. So, Chuck... Let's make an appointment to get back with you next week. Are you are you working next week, Chuck? Or are you on vacation? No, no, I'm I, I, I'm working next week. I am, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be at some point this uh, the, this month, actually later in the month, saying uh, goodbye to college tuition bills at least for a little bit, as uh, my daughter is graduating from Look at uh, you. Franklin College. Very nice, outstanding, Chuck. Does she, does she have a job, Chuck? Actually, uh, surprisingly, yes. Uh, she. It's. Uh, uh, let me brag on daughter Taylor here for all of thirty seconds. It's a uh, it's through the university 
sister city in Japan, long-standing, well-respected program where she's going to go over there for two years, and English language teacher in Japan, and quote cultural ambassador. So make up your own parks and recreation types. That's a pretty good job, yeah, Chuck. That's a pretty good. That's well, a pretty good game. And Chuck, when she comes back, she's also got a job here teaching Kevin the English language. So, oh my gosh, um, we are going to let you go for today. We enjoyed it. We will make an appointment with you next week. Congratulations to daughter Taylor, and thank you for your Big Twelve talk. All right. Hey, hey, hey always glad to be with you guys. Take care, Take care. Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Kevin, I'll, I'll tell you what. While Chuck is gone here, and before we get to John Daniels. I might give you 30 seconds, maybe 40. What in the hell went on at Texas A&M this week? Oh, we had a little craziness last week. We had the uh, we had Aaron Moorhead, one of the uh, the wide receiver coach, who went off on Twitter about uh, the fact that Tate Martell, big re- recruit, uh, quarterback recruit out of Utah. I mean, not Utah, out of uh, Nevada, Vegas. Las San Vegas, Diego. Oh, Las, Las Vegas, San Diego. Bishop Gorman High School Bishop in, in uh, Las Vegas. De- decommitted. Joey Gallo's high school. Oh, there, there we go. go. Uh, so, anyway, he, he decommitted. That uh, that set Aaron Moorhead off, talking about the lack of loyalty among recruits, blah, blah, blah. What but, is he but doing? Nothing, what is nothing, he doing? Nothing, on- nothing is, is more inane or more hy- hypocritical. Hypocritical. Thank you. Than coaches talking about loyalty to a school. Yeah, that's true. That was... That was so asinine. First of all, to go on Twitter. Secondly, the, the, he sounded almost as old as Kevin with the kids these days. Wow, kind of comment about. Well, he, this is the deal. Is, is this is his fourth school as a, as a coach? He was uh, he played in the pros with the, with the Colts. He started out with New Mexico as a GA, and then he went to Stanford, and then he went to Virginia Tech. And now he's at A and M. So he's going up academically from Stanford to A and M. Wow, A&M. I don't okay. know about that. Wow. But but the deal is is that here's here's coaches who at the drop of a hat go someplace else. Now our good friend Babe Loffenberg tells me that Aaron Moorhead really is a good guy, and I don't know Aaron Moorhead, and maybe he is a it's good. It's a Stanford guy. connection between Babe and maybe that's it. Question. It may, but he it may a, well be a good guy. But it was a stupid thing to say about kids, and, and because and, and I tell you what though, I get stuff whenever I've written this column occasionally whenever this kind of stuff uh, happens. And I get from fans, oh, these kids aren't loyal. These kids need to make a decision. And I want to say to these people, do you have a kid? Do you have a kid who's going to a college somewhere? And and, and especially if they're going to go and be a quarterback and try to play at a, at a position. You have they a play kid going to a college somewhere who's got 18 different colleges throwing scholarships at well, them and hasn't visited most of them. And he's going to make a decision. These are 17- and 18-year-old kids that are still 12 months from the process. The whole recruiting process is silly. So uh, do you think a coach like, an assistant coach like Aaron Moorhead, will he turn a blind eye to some kid who's committed to another school who might say, oh, you know what, maybe He's I'll... He's going to sit here and try to slip them all. Maybe, maybe I'll decommit from, uh, apparently from, that from other are, school. Apparently that's already I, happened. And, and I want to come to you. Is he going to say, oh, no, you're loyal to the other school? He took, how I, many, I how many took coaches a, sit there and... Evan is really gone, isn't he? When you get into the recruiting pro, when you get into the recruiting process, how often do you hear about schools trying to flip other commitments? All the nobody, time. Nobody honors anybody's commitment. No. There's no loyalty or sportsmanship or consideration of of other schools or respect for that. And so, if another kid, whatever Tate Martell's reasons are, 
there's nothing binding there. No. Well, you know what? I don't have a problem with it anyway. If coaches leave, why can't players leave? You know, I, I, and I've written about that before as well. But I think one of the, the most hypocritical thing that uh, – Thank you. Thank you. Apocryphal. Look at, the, look, look at it. He's pointing at the, hypocritical, and he's like, hey. Uh, that Aaron Moorhead wrote about all this. Right. Was even, by the time he got to an apology, which was about his – Fifth or sixth tweet. That wasn't his apology. Well, of course it wasn't. But the first part of it was when he said, I did this out of a true love for Texas A&M football. Out of a true love for Texas A&M football. He's been there for a year. B.S. This is his fourth true love, as far as we know. This whole loyalty and the program and all this stuff. Look, you're there as a stepping stone to get yourself an NFL job. And nobody blames him. Do you blame him? No. no I, God but bless don't him. but don't bring this loyalty to the program and all this other stuff. This is as David Moore said on the Cowboys thing, these are all independent it's a podcast. It's called the podcast. Not Cowboys a podcast. They're all independent contractors. The coaches, the players, everyone. This is huge business and don't be ripping on some 17-year-old kid especially, for decommitting. Especially not when you are building these programs on the backs of these exactly. teenagers. And they're getting very, very little. And the coaches return. are getting very, very a lot. lot. They are getting a lot. That's one of the things that people I, I've heard from people, too. They'll say, oh, kids have changed so much these days. Look, let's look. Well, kids haven't changed. Look, the program, the, the the process has changed. Kids probably have changed some, but no, no more so than the coaches have changed. When, uh, as I was, I was recalling uh, the other day, when in 1982, when Jackie Sherrill was named the football coach and athletic director at Texas A&M, Correct. he got he got two hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. Everybody thought the world was caving in when he got that money. Tate Mart, I mean uh, Aaron Moorhead, is getting, t- as I understand it, two hundred fifty thousand dollars to be the wide receivers coach at Texas A&M. How right. much has that changed? The and on that note, where Kevin now cites how things were long ago. I knew that was Kevin. Um, after you know, talking Evan about. Evan hates historical perspective. I, you know, I don't want to read any of your columns about anything that happened before two weeks ago. All right. Now, I want you to write another column about how all those players in the offseason used to go and dig ditches or whatever. Uh, we have got to get to John Daniels, the Rangers general manager, a guest that I booked. Barry booked the uh, other two guests. Oh, um, okay. Once again, Kevin's attempt to book Roger Goodell fell, fell through. So uh, for now, that's all on the College Ballsy Podcast. Thank you for joining podcast. Thanks for joining podcast? us. Podcast. We're gonna have a dog podcast. This is my last dog. podcast. I'm not doing it anymore. Don't make any promises you can't keep. I could do this very easily. Oh come on, you love us. I could.